It's February 12th, 2016, and these are the ones that got away. I'm Colin Detmar, and this is Bottle Crow, a Dota 2 podcast. We're going to be doing things a little differently this week. My, uh, my co-host Emily is feeling a little under the weather. Her mortal vessel is letting her down. Uh, hope you feel better. And since it's been just over a year since I started this whole thing, this podcast, and it's been quite a while since Dota 2 became the big thing it is now, I feel like it's a good time for looking back. And particularly, it's a good time for looking back at the things that Dota has done wrong. So I have on today two guests, one of whom you may, well, you almost certainly know if you're a regular listener, and one of whom may be new to you. Uh, First off, we have a person who kind of bounced right off Dota, Ben Uncle. Hey, uh, how's it going? And then we have uh, someone who has played Dota for way longer than I did back in the days of Warcraft 3 Dota 1 and eventually kind of fell off. Our host emeritus, Johnny Niska. Hello. I am making a really dumb dumb grin that I just realized Colin can't see because I don't have my webcam on. So, it's easy from within the community to get wrapped up in the community, to think about all the things that, like, drive you crazy about Dota or you love about Dota, but just sort of get you more and more invested in the game and in the scene. And, you know, you you meet people and you're like, you should play Dota. It's great. Or maybe you don't say that to them because you don't want to do that to them, but (laughs) you have strong feelings. And it's weird to think about the people who gave Dota a real shot and bounced off or just eventually gave up, right? And I guess since we have two of you here, on either end of the spectrum, I want to ask you guys some questions. Can, can I just say first, I feel like you're overselling how much I've given up because I still play, <laughs> like, at least once a week. Pretty much only at my behest. I mean... I, Which I, I'm not... Maybe I am overselling it. You're overselling it a bit. I still play. Okay. I just mainly... I only play... When a friend is playing, and I want to hang out with that friend. Mm-hmm. So okay, I guess first off is I want to ask uh, Ben, what is your history with Dota and also other MOBAs and the genre? Okay, so um, in high school I got a little bit into. Well, I downloaded League of Legends because it was free, and when you're in high school having something like that for free. He's like, okay, I'll give that a shot. And the thing I immediately noticed is I didn't, not only did I not know how to play the game, but people got really, really angry at me for playing for some reason. And it took a matter of time to be like, oh, I, they're really relying on me and I'm still feeling my way through this. And that means that they're losing like 30 to 40 minute games and that felt kind of difficult to take like oh this is something where i can't really mess around with too much in order to learn and play and have a good time with people that take it way more seriously than i would and then sometime also during high school dota 2 came out and at least I think it was during high school. What what year was that? Dota 2 coming out was sort of a, like, gradual thing. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, probably closer towards early college years then for me. Then Dota 2 was something that I downloaded because I'm a big fan of Valve. I already had Steam installed and everything like that. I had all the Half-Life games, Left 4 Dead, all of that stuff. And I quickly learned that this played a very similar way. And I once again got this whole fear of performing, fear of living up to the same level of skill that my teammates are, not letting my teammates down. So I quickly abandoned that for a while, and only within the past year or two, I've kind of started to do more games with friends like uh, Colin here. Okay. And uh, what about you, Johnny? What's your What's your history with the genre? As many of you know, I have all the history with the genre, basically. Like, I... <laughs> I started playing back in, like, 2006, something like that. 2005, 2006, just after Icefrog took over development of the uh, Dota All-Stars mod for Warcraft 3. And I played quite a lot of Dota on Warcraft 3. And then I played a bunch of Heroes of New Earth. And then I played some League of Legends because people insisted I do so. And then I played way too much Dota 2. And here I am. (laughs) Yeah, and you've had, you know, you've had periods of kind of being, like, I don't want to say done with Dota, but just like, no, I'm not playing any for for months. I I I don't want this right now, right? Yeah, I, I I'm not done with Dota, but it's like I have a lot of frustrations with Dota right now, and I'd I I'm I'd rather even either play with a full fi- with a full five person stack or not at all. Is almost how I feel. Mm-hmm. So I guess I feel like, and and maybe this is is out of line. You guys can correct me, but I feel like both of you have at least had some positive experiences with Dota, right? Oh, for sure. There's a. Uh, it's always a lot of fun to try a new hero out of like a hundred plus heroes and be like, oh hey, this is what that character does. Oh man, that's really really neat and. That those sorts of moments are much easier when you're playing in private bot matches or playing with people who know their stuff and won't get too mad with you. And just figuring out how certain heroes work, like getting really into how Drow Ranger works and things like that. I wouldn't even say that I'm on the same level as other people are in terms of understanding who does what, but what I do understand, I end up really appreciating. And Johnny, I'm sure, has a ridiculous number I, of stories. I mean, like, yeah, I. It's. It turns out that I'm the strategist. I'm the. I, I'm that person in most of these games, and I. That that might be a bit weird when we play now because you know the game better than me right now, Colin. Mm-hmm. But that's who I am at my heart. I'm the guy who uh, try, who tries when I'm commanding the big picture of things. 
So I had most of my fun with the genre, honestly, during Heroes of New Earth. Not because I think Heroes of New Earth is better, I, I don't at all, but because that was the time where I could easily assemble a five-man squad and just go at it. Mm-hmm. So, I guess um, my next question would be sort of what do you think it is about the game's design that has driven you away? Um, and again, we'll we'll start with Ben first. I just think it's very, very bad at teaching you how to... It, it's it's much better at teaching you how the very basics of the of how to play. Like, it has a very lengthy tutorial now about how creeps work and how you buy things from item shops and your overall goal. But it doesn't really have an amazing way of teaching you how to play with other people, other humans... And the AI doesn't cut it. The AI is just goes its own way, and it the AI kind of mimics what people always talk about with Call of Duty, like, oh, this person's just going to rush, and there's nothing you can do about it. And then when you actually go in and play with other people in order to learn that, it's very much a crapshoot about whether you're going to play with someone who actually has patience with you or someone who is just going to be very angry with you. So it kind of feels like the game teaches you how to how to doggy paddle and then drops you in an Olympic pool. Yeah, and the other sort of thing that makes it very, very difficult for me to play is that it's a gigantic time commitment. Like, each game is like, you. oh, I'd better set out an hour plus for this one match... And that can be really tiresome at times. Like, sometimes you just want to go in, play something, and end it. Between setting up and matchmaking, it can be, like, as much as 1 hour 30 per match. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're trying to assemble a team. Yeah. And, like, Dota, it's gotten better about teaching people things. It genuinely has. They've made very smart decisions about... Uh, about how to form, how to make spell effects just teach you things and stuff like that. But there's just so much, you genuinely need a mentor. You mm-hmm. genuinely do. Or if you don't have a mentor, at least you need a squad of people to go in with. Yeah, and one of the one of the things that has kind of bummed me out, though I understand, is some. Like, there have been a couple of people that I tried to get into Dota... And they seemed enthusiastic about the game, and I was like, "Hey, you know, any questions? Any, you know, anything I can teach you?" And they're like, "No, I'm just gonna poke my way through it." And it's like, "Okay, I can't, like, I can't say no. You can't do that." But that means, like, pretty much guaranteed you're gonna bounce off the game then. Yeah, I mean, I've, I, I got into the game the hard way. I was the first person of my playgroup who played for a significant amount of time, and. I became the mentor of the group very quickly, and I've mentored so many people in these games. And just, you need it. You you, you need it. Like I, it was almost it was a painful, painful experience for me to learn the game without a mentor. And I did it at the easiest point where nobody knew what they were doing, where I didn't get my ass kicked because everyone else was also new. I I like. Over ten years ago, when nobody knew what how to play Dota. Yeah, 
and I remember getting my start in a, a sort of I tried to do a little streaming thing which I called Dota Daycare. It was just a bunch of us who didn't know how to play uh, playing matches and actually Johnny did a little uh, a little mentorship for that but mostly it was just a sort of stumbling through as a five stack and if you know Dota matchmaking you know that if you're in a five stack that means you're almost always playing other five stacks and usually people that form five stacks know what they're doing. Yeah, uh, like... I enjoyed mentoring for that. I wish I could have done it more. The schedule just didn't work out. But even mm-hmm. like, even there, you can immediately notice the players who will bounce off it. Like we had some people. I guess most most of the people there were people you knew directly, Colin. Mm-hmm. So like, several of them were like really good at listening to. Uh, and trying to figure out what to do, and then there were a couple who were like, "No, you just can't beat Phantom Lancer." <laughs> it's like, yeah, or who you know who would die in a situation and would like would say like, "That's bullshit. I did nothing wrong." And it's like, well, you died, so probably you did. <laughs> um, it's it's like, what do you mean you did nothing wrong? I I there's no there's basically no situation in which you can say so because Dota has so many facets that you probably did five things wrong. <laughs> yeah, when you you could have won a game without dying and you probably did a lot of things wrong. Um So, I think one of the things I'm I'm getting from both of you is that one of the biggest factors in you guys not continuing to be deep in the game or in the game very much at all in Ben's case is the community, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, I um, I don't have a lot of experience with other really hard, I would say hardcore multiplayer games, like multiplayer games that demand a lot of attention and time and effort, right? Mm. Do you think it's something inherent to that type of experience that these sorts of communities build up around them? I think I think there's something inherent to the competitive mindset required that uh, the community gets a bit harsh. But specifically, MOBAs are like a perfect storm of reasons why people behave shitty. It's incredibly dedicated people that playing a game that is incredibly competitive and a game where it is super hard to keep track of exactly everything that happens so it's very easy to think that uh, to rationalize like oh my teammates are just playing badly where maybe like they didn't have the mana to cast that spell that they obviously should have and you don't know mm-hmm. and uh, most importantly it's a game where the performance of your teammates can more than pretty much any genres just swing a match there, there's no, there's no carrying the bad player. Yeah. Ben, uh, you've played some other MOBAs as well, some since, <laughs> and I got the feeling at least that there were some that you liked better than Dota. Um, and I'm curious what you think it is that those games did. That I won't say better than Dota, but more to your taste because it's all subjective. Yeah. Well, I've played a bunch of different MOBAs. Kind of funny because. It's one of those things, kind of like MMOs, where I continually jump to game after game to see if there's one that really sticks. And uh, I think the one that spoke to me the most about all those is uh, Heroes of the Storm. And the thing that I really like about that is that 
it's so much better at teaching you th- how to play than Dota is, at least in a, in a, on a beginner level. I was, I found myself understanding what they wanted me to go for and how to play much easier. Mm-hmm. And I think that the progression of the way that those skills work is also much more interesting and, well, maybe not more interesting, but it's more comprehensible to me than the item shop. Like, the way that you build up skills and little sub-skills for your skills as you level up your character. That is something that's very... As someone who has played a bunch of RPGs, even, and different things like that, that was something that I could immediately understand and go, okay, I get where I would want to go on this flowchart. I'm not th- I'm not picking item X and item Y to try and combine them into something that may or may not be useful for the team. I I feel like I constantly have forward momentum in that game, even if I'm in a map that has some dumb gimmick to it. Like, there's... Mm. And it also, crucially, most, most Heroes of the Storm games that I've played take about half the time that Dota games take, and the matchmaking is so much quicker. So, Johnny, you were back in the days of Dota 1, where I only occasionally see little videos and say, well, this is incomprehensible nonsense. Um, Do you feel like there was anything lost in the transition to Dota 2? I mean, gameplay, community, anything? That stands out to you? I mean, no. It would be tempting to say that, oh, the community got worse because uh, everything got more serious, but that wasn't Dota 2. That was a gradual change happening all the time. Hmm. And Dota 2 was just one step in that chain, so it's not really that. It's... Uh, Almost, I'd say, the only thing that was lost is the influx of random Warcraft 3... Uh, custom map players who would just jump in you would quite often have people who were completely new to that game in their public matches and that was an interesting experience and you had a lot of you had a lot of opportunities to interface with new players and I think that that that's useful for the community mm-hmm. but by the time Dota 2 rolled rolled out, of course, the Warcraft 3 custom map community was pretty much dead. I mean, the people who still played custom maps knew what they were going to play. So, I think that too had died before that point. So, one of the things that I feel about Dota, that, that is... I mean, there are a lot of things I enjoy about Dota, but one of the things I feel is that it just the things I get away from that game emotionally and mentally are just things that no other game that I have played I take away from, right? And I guess I, I would ask, um, to what ex- to the extent that you felt those things, do you get the kind of, the, the whatever, the rush, the satisfaction, whatever it is that Dota gave you, do you get it elsewhere now? I... Right now I don't have a complete, like... Something else that completely uh, does that. There, there, there's a lot of different things you can get out of Dota, and I've played games both 
both before getting into Dota and during my various breaks that have filled those gaps, I have played competitive, uh, competitive Call of Duty Four, which filled a lot of like surprisingly a lot of the same gaps. I have played uh, a significant amount of Bloodline Champions, which it did a lot of the whole like team playing aspect of okay, you're going to use that ability, so I'm going to use this to cover for you, and it it covered that part super well. I most recently I've been we've been playing some Rocket League, and oh that that game's covering a lot of my favorite things about Dota, just like mm-hmm. the reads, the positioning, all of that stuff. What about you, Ben? I know you didn't you didn't get as far into Dota to to necessarily get all what we got out of it, but yeah, the the things that you've said about Dota, I've definitely gotten like Johnny said through Rocket League and stuff like that. But I've also with certain competitive first person shooters like uh, Insurgency or ca- even Counter Strike to some level, they they have a lot of similar strategy going on except it's much more fast paced and narrowed down to this focus of instead of calculating instead of having to 100% rely on basically having played enough hours with this one person to know everything just to be on a level playing field with everyone else I can hop into Rainbow Six Siege and because I know because because I've had at least two or three ten minute games with this one character I know certain tricks I can pull that the other players won't expect I'm able to get into the mind games involved with really great competitive games much sooner in these other things than I can in Dota in Dota, I always feel like... In Dota, I feel like I... I feel like I've reached something just by not sucking for a round, by not being in everyone's way. That is that is the peak of where I've ever been with Dota. While in Rainbow Six Siege, or Insurgency, or any of these other games, I regularly find myself if not at the top of the leaderboard, very close to the top. Like, I excel in those things in a way that I just can't comprehend in MOBAs. I guess my my last question is kind of different for both of you, right? The, que- the, the base question that I've written is, do you think you'll come back? And obviously for Johnny, that means, like, do you think you'll come back in a way that you're instigating the playing of Dota without basically me being there to be like, hey, play Dota with me. Um, though sometimes it's your idea. I'm not trying to... Whatever. And with <laughs> Ben, the question is a little more straight on its face. Do you think you'll come back? Uh, who do you want to answer first? Go ahead. Okay. Um, I definitely see myself jumping into casual games with... Um, Colin or other friends and things like that, but I don't ever really foresee a time when 
I'm playing Dota for my own enjoyment solo, like I do with all these other competitive games. With Dota, it's very much a, all my other friends are doing this, so I'd like to be playing with my friends, so I'll go ahead and join this game. But aside from that, I don't ever see myself jumping into solo queue or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I think I like I, I t- <laughs> solo queue in Dota is such a tremendously bad experience. I, I I genuinely feel like that's it's like the the substitute the addict uses when he can't get the real deal. <laughs> I've been trying to keep this mostly me asking questions, but um, I solo queue a lot, and I get very different things out of solo queue versus group queue. I just, uh, man, like that that fucking game we played against a sniper and a Riki the other day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it, I, I'm going to answer your question. I'll come back to that. But like, fuck! Every time we play with randoms and there's a Riki or and a sniper on the enemy team, I the, we have already fucking lost. Because, like, I have... I, almost never do I see people having the forethought to actually stick together against a fucking Riki. It's like, oh no, someone is low health and starts backing off, and, like, half the team just keeps chasing. And that's every time, and the Riki always gets those kills. And it's the... It's just... The most frustrating experience I have in that fucking game. Mm-hmm. I like for your question. Th- this is tangentially related. <laughs> for your question, if if I could see myself coming back and like actually instigating it, I think it would take for us to actually have a five-person squad. I see. And like even then. I don't know if I can see myself getting to that level that I was when you started. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if I will ever be ever know the game better than you do again. <laughs> well, you know, I, uh, I there have not been a lot of lapses in my love for the game since I got into it. Um, and who knows? The future is always uncertain. Um, do you guys have any any closing thoughts? I do think that uh, the market has more or less closed for games that are not either Dota 2, Heroes of the Storm, or League of Legends in terms of MOBAs. Like, I've been a beta tester and different sort of... I've been involved with lots of MOBAs that have been starting out, like DC's Infinite Crisis and the Dead Island one, and I've given most of them a shot, and all of them don't even have... None of them have... Even the ones that play well never manage to have enough of an audience to survive. Like, everyone pours their energy into the big three, and if you're not one of the big three, you're wasting their time because they could be training to win Dota 2 matches and things like that. Just to play, I mean, devil's advocate for a sec here, 
that sounds oddly similar to the big two argument people were making about Dota 2 and League of Legends a couple of years ago, and then here the storm hit, and it was fine. Well, that's because no one was expecting Blizzard to come out with one. Uh, sure, but maybe no one's expecting Activision to come out with one. Maybe no one's expecting Square Enix to come out with one. There are plenty of studios that, like, I am not a big fan of Heroes of the Storm, but I think it does things that League of Legends and Dota don't, and they saw an opportunity, and I think it's totally possible someone else would see a hole and an opportunity in the genre and make it work. Yeah, that, that's totally fair. For Heroes of the Storm, Blizzard has an enormous, enormous head start upon anyone when it comes to these things. Blizzard does something, it's almost like Nintendo doing a thing. Everyone pays attention when they wouldn't otherwise. Blizzard also has a, an amazing record for like understanding how to push an eSport. Like, they managed to make an eSport out of World of Warcraft Arena, and that's a fucking fraudulent thing if I've ever saw one. <laughs> uh, I don't think Activision or EA could push a, a MOBA. I think they have no fucking clue how to do that. Activision already have. It's called Heroes of the Storm. Well, <laughs> Activision, not Activision Blizzard. Activision, the the company, not Activision Blizzard, the 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 owner of both companies. The super entity. No, like I, I think I think the whole genre is like has calcified in a way that I find really unpleasant and disappointing. Around the time Heroes of New Earth was coming out, there was so much potential there for interesting spins on the thing, and almost no nobody took up upon it. Bloodline Champions is the only game I can name that actually did something cool with the. Uh, with the, these mechanics and put a cool spin on it and that game just got forgotten or it's not even fair to say it got forgotten it never got any attention in the first place and mm. it's instead it's all these fucking games that either try like they basically try to copy league of legends it's like you see every new moba come out it's like we have the bush mechanic and it's like are you fucking kidding me you look like League, your character designs are like just rip-offs of League characters, you have the bush mechanic, your map looks the same, what are you doing? And I, I'm, I'm, I'm so sad because there's so much the genre could learn from Dota and spin on and nobody seems to have given a shit. Well, I want to thank you guys both for your time. Uh it's been an, an interesting interview, I hope, and uh, a bit of a, a change of pace from our usual podcast form. Um, we'll be back next episode, uh, I assume, with Emily again in a more regular form of Bottle Crow. But for this week, I, I want to thank you both. And uh, if you want to you know, give us a rating or review on iTunes where we, you can find our podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. Also, if you want to tell a friend about us. And if you like some of the work that we do here, and also, if you want to see more from these two guys, you can check out ScanlandMedia.com, where the three of us all do games criticism in the forums of articles and podcasts and videos. Um, also, you could contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash ScanlandMedia. You're not going to get any bonuses for that, because it's just to help us pay for software and hardware to cover the games. It's not We're not a for-profit enterprise. 
Um, and I want to give a big thank you to Reddit user Pomodi for use of his Harmonies of New Bloom music pack, which is our intro and outro music for this podcast. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you in two weeks.